Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post-game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. The White Sox lose another one. They fall to 22 and 23 on the season. They lose this one 5 to 1. Welcome into the CHGO offices. We are in Studio B. If you missed the CHGO White Sox Cubs pregame show, for the Crosstown Showdown, we had a little bet with our CHGO Cubs crew. The winner got Studio A, now dubbed uh, Studio W, and uh, we got Studio B, now dubbed as Club L. So, yeah. here we are, Herb, in the in the Lost Club. Very, very disappointing. That game was so embarrassing. I mean, it's not just losing the Cubs. The Cubs are a mediocre team to a bad team. The White Sox look disinterested today. Just disinterested. Keegan Thompson's all right. It wasn't that to hold you to five hits and one run. Golly. Just, whew, I just, every single game is a chore. Like, literally mm-hmm. a chore to get through it. I think I fell asleep a couple times during the game. Did you really? <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's my Who's job next to, to you? I didn't even this. see you. No one was sitting next to me. I was in the corner over there. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Herb. I was, like, two feet away from you. Yeah, I... I woke up really quickly. I was like, oh, shit, I got to do my job. <laughs> That's Herb Lawrence. Apparently, he's falling asleep Hello. during White Sox games. You can follow him on Twitter at EctorWall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We already got Lil Yumper hanging out in the chat, and he says, Sean, you got to give it to Keegan Thompson. Uh, or, Sean, got to give it to Keegan, Keegan Thompson. Didn't have to... Oh, didn't yeah, didn't have it. Didn't have a lot of it. Uh, pitched enough to keep the team in the game. He was fantastic today. I mean, well, fantastic is a little tough. Gave I, up one run. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the results are great. <laughs> I thought he was hanging a couple balls. He threw a couple balls right down the middle, and the White Sox hitters, especially Yasmani Grandal, are taking these pitches for some reason. Like, what are you looking for on a one-one count? Fastball down middle, he was giving you two in a row. And then he eventually, in the Efros at bat, I think I'm specifically talking about, he took two fastballs in the middle, then struck out on a mm-hmm. curveball right in the zone. The whole team, except for our eight and nine hitters, pretty much took the night off. And Hose did all right. And then Yasmani got two walks. But when you got a shitty lineup to start off with, and goddamn Josh Harrison batting second, it's real tough. Yeah, real tough to score some runs. Apparently, there's Keegan Thompson and 
Scott F. Ross. There's this uh, A thing, plus Ross. thing on uh, the StatCast box score where they show you the hard hits, Herb, and you can just see this for the White Sox. You see two hard hits next to Tim Anderson name, and then none for Josh Harrison, none for Andrew Vaughn, none for Jose Abreu, none for Yasmani Grandal, none for A.J. Pollock, none for Gavin Sheets, Jake Berger, Adam Engel. Two hard hits. So basically, and I told you this before we went live, you basically could have had three position players out there for the White Sox. You could have had Tim Anderson, Jake Berger, and Adam Engel, and they still would have scored one run only. You got nothing from two through seven. And that's why I guess I said, you know, Keegan Thompson pitched a fantastic game because five innings, five hits, four Ks, one walk. It's fantastic in my mind. Thank you, Lil Yumper. A super chat, four ninety nine. Sorry for the horrible message. Fat fingers. I understand, you little yumper. Um, and yeah, fault. I always type quick. So if you always want to retype it again, I'll, I'll feel free to read your message. But thank appreciate you for it, the yumper. super chat. Uh, we appreciate it. And shout out to, to Little Yump and uh, Svo. Uh, they got a movie podcast going on. I'm guessing they probably yeah. uh, uh, recap Top Gun 2. So if you're looking for something, anything else, uh, you know, Little Yumper that and sounds Svo like got that. All the reviews I've seen are all positive about Maverick. Like, I'm not going to go and see it because I hate sequels, especially like 30 years apart sequels because I went to see that Coming to America 2 bullshit. But it's been positive for uh, for uh, Maverick. And, yes, go did, out to Svo and uh, Little Yumper's uh, podcast and check them out. Give them some support, too. Did you know the the big song for that movie, Lady Gaga? She took two years to write that song. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, two years. Two years to write a damn song. For Top Gun, too. Was it Take My Breath Away? Just sing no, that again. No, but she, she would have killed it if she did. She wrote a completely new song. It took mm. her two years, Herb. Uh, crazy stuff. And uh, there is one thing, uh, Mr. C saying, oh, injuries, save it, please. Uh, there wasn't an injury in this game, from what we know of, uh, but there was in the Charlotte game, uh, the Durham game that happened uh, today. They were down in Durham, the Charlotte Knights versus the Durham Bulls. In the second inning, I believe it was, Aloy Jimenez making his debut in a rehab assignment, shoots a uh, <laughs> line drive into right field opposite way and immediately pulls up on his hamstring came out of the game. So Aloy Jimenez returned to action tonight and left action tonight. Grand opening, grand closing for Aloy Jimenez. <laughs> um, Tom Jankowski asks, Herb, if you're the GM, uh, what's to do first? I am I know I can't fire the manager, but I'm letting my displeasure out there. I'm scheduling a press conference. What would you actually do? No, let's, no that's let's, literally let's, what it, let's, Like let's, if I have, I have actual you have full, autonomy. You have, you have full... Con- so let's say you are the White Sox GM yes. and you are the actual GM of a well-run baseball team. You have the ability to fire and hire whoever you want. This isn't the, the real okay. White Sox where we have a little major league team where, you know, it's all run through the owner, right? No, that, none of that stuff. You have an actual... You know, you have actual control over the team. What was your first move? I'm firing Tony LaRusso. This is my first move. Literal first move. Then I'm DFA and um, Josh Harrison. Then I'm finding somebody who can play second at a consistent basis. I'm calling up one of those youngsters, either Sosa or I'm calling up Sanchez. I got to get something different. I can't continue doing the same thing. I can't have the same leader out there. Showing our team that it's not good, like like what his actions are today. We this this whole game showed you what's been wrong with the White Sox. They didn't score. They made an error. Uh, Joe McEwing, who also would be off a of third. I don't know if I'm firing him, but he would be not my third base uh, coach anymore. That's the ninth time the White Sox have been thrown out at home, and it's Yasmani Grandal. 
folks, just Monty folks when I say this, I'm not saying this hyperbolically. I'm not saying this braggadociously. I literally can beat Yasmani Grandal. You see, you got people who are watching on YouTube. You see how big I am. I'm about 290. I literally could beat Yasmani Grandal in a 100-yard race. Set it up whenever you guys want to. Do not send Yasmani Grandal home ever unless it's a double and he's at third. That's the only time he's Even then, I think about it. Yeah, that's the only time. You could have a bases clearing home run inside the park home run and I would still be second guessing sending him home from third like, base like these are like every one of you who are watching and listening knew that Yasmani was going to get thrown out and he got thrown out by 10 plus feet it was dumb so you had that you had that toot bland then you have um Tony La Russa sleeping like we were like man six innings three earned runs or less for my man Johnny Cueto smooth Cool, you could start the seventh inning. You only had 79 pitches. I was fine with them starting the seventh inning. But then you see hard hit balls. Okay, second and third, what's going Okay, where's Tony at? Oh, okay, we're sending Ethan and Cats out. Oh, man, god damn it. We got people warming up. We got Ben Asusa working, warming up. We got Matt Foster. Tony is out there sleeping and allows that man to give up more runs, messes up his quality start. And a game that we, even after he gave up the fourth run, Sean's like, hey, he still did a good job. And overall... Yeah. He did a pretty good job, but then you look at the box score, five earned runs because the manager fell asleep. Just fell asleep. I mean, I there. Could, to be honest with you, like I'm I'm not too upset at the fact that he left Cueto in for a seventh inning and the fact that Cueto ends up giving five earned runs. It's not on Cueto. Cueto pitched you no. six innings, gave you three earned runs. That's fine. And honestly, you know, I understand people thinking that might be him giving the game away um, or, or whatever, leaving Cueto to go out there and give up two more runs and make it a 5-1 game. But the issue has been this entire year hitting. You, yes. you, you need to be able to hit. And this is another game, another pathetic output from the White Sox where you just don't hit. And Jack, our uh, Cubs fan, who's always in our CHGO bet shows, he's always in the, the Cubs shows, he's over here, you know, rubbing it in our face for the little crosstown stuff. Enjoy yourself. He said Sox fans really overreact. And, and honestly, I don't know if I'm overreacting at this point. We're underreacting. I, I, I honestly think we might have been underreacting for the first 44 games. Because, yes, this team has the easiest schedule from here to the end of the season. Yes, they will get Luis Robert back. They will get Aloy Jimenez back. They will get Lance Lynn back. All of those things are true. But we have not seen, not seen a single adjustment from this team. 24 balls in play again from this team. You are not seeing any patience from this team. You are not seeing a good approach from this team. You are seeing another game, another game with three less walks. I mean, it's just brutal. It is not a team with a true plate approach out there. I think that stems from Tony. It stems from Frank Minichino. It stems from the players. It stems from Rick Hahn. It stems from everybody. This organization stinks right now. I'm not overreacting. You're 22 and 23 in the worst division in baseball. You and have a to them too. negative run differential well under 30. You can't score a run to save your life. Let me ask you this. I used to believe maybe two weeks ago, maybe even earlier this week, that this is a underachieving team that will break out of it eventually. Now I'm here. I'm, I just think they're a bad team. They make a bunch of errors. They don't walk. They don't come up with timely hits. The manager's shit. Like, this is, like, I'm, I'm resigned now 
to say this is a bad team. Well, it's early, Herman. You only played in 45 games. What more do you need to see? As my guy Common, local rap superstar, says, it don't take a whole day to see to recognize sunshine. Like, we understand that this team is bad. Like, they're bad. They're not just an underperforming team. They're just, Maybe they're just, this is them. Maybe this is them. What do you think, Sean? I'm just yeah frustrated with them. So, and maybe I shouldn't because maybe this is what they are. I talked to our guy, Mark Rody, today. He had me on the score. It was very nice of him. Uh-huh. Um, was on the score with Mark Rody. And we're kind of talking about this thing. And it was like, you know, when do you expect this thing to kind of jump for the White Sox? And right now, I told him, you know, you got to win two against the Cubs to at least help this fan base feel a little bit decent, get a little bit of breathing room away from 500. But you fall under 500 again. And I understand that, again, we I've, I've said this, you know, for a while now, just because it, it's been true for, I think, the past week. The White Sox have the easiest schedule to the end of the season. But... You got Toronto. You got three games against oh, Toronto Jesus this week. Christ. You got three games against Tampa Bay. Fuck. You got Houston in oh. the middle of the week. You got San Francisco oh. at the start of July. This might not get easy until July. Mm. This might not get easy until you see Minnesota on July 5th. That's a concern and because you still be got able- a whole nother month of bad baseball to play before this schedule gets easy because that's apparently what this White Sox team needs is easy opponents to beat up because they can't beat any good opponents. I mean, that, that's all I'm learning from right now is either this team is pressing and has no ability to give themselves any relief from that tension in any way or they stink. Yep. I mean, it's, it's- And see, Shiba Doge puts in, we play the Dodgers too. Yeah, they, yeah. And you play the Dodgers. Yeah, they, the White Sox play versus... Probably the toughest, the White Sox and the rest of the AL Central play versus the toughest division out there is the NL West with the Dodgers, the Giants, as Sean said, the Padres at the end of the year, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, who usually are supposed to be bad. This year's not playing too well, and, tough. And Edgar says here, the Blue Jays are not playing their best, but still. Yeah, best Blue Jays aren't playing their best, but still. They have two righties going up against the White Sox in that series. They're fucked. I'm sorry. You have Kevin Gosman and Alex Manoa. Two guys. One, Alex Manoa, who has one of the best sliders in the MLB. That's 10Ks right there. And Kevin Gosman, who struck out 41 batters and walked zero guys to start off this season. This is a guy that is going to throw it in the zone, make you have untimely hits, and you're going to miss bats left and right. He's going to eat up those white sides. And I bats. think he still has the highest F4 for pitchers right now. And yeah, he's, he's like he's like clear of the yeah. next guy. He you think how great Michael Kopech has pitched and Dylan Cease and Giolito, this guy's been better this year. And we're gonna face him on Tuesday versus Lucas Giolito. Yeah. I, I saw a comment in there from our guy Sam Davis uh saying with our forty sixth unique lineup and that's something that I've seen and I kind of want to get into this discussion uh with you Herb is Mm -hmm. you know we've been talking about the changing lineups 153 last year for the White Sox in 162 games uh so far they've had a unique lineup in all 45 games something I've always said something you've always said I'm pretty sure Chris Tannehill always said it managers don't matter but you're saying your first move would be to fire Tony La Russa I do want to go into some of the stats behind them having unique lineups uh so this is Tony's tinkering here Uh, Since 2021, when he took over as the White Sox lineup, 
The Arizona Diamondbacks lead the major leagues in unique lineups. They have a unique lineup 97.1% of the time. Tampa Bay Rays also have a unique lineup 97.1% of the time, so they lead the MLB at 1-2. The White Sox are third at 95.6% of the time, having a unique lineup. Detroit also 95.6%. I said that was funny just because A.J. Hinch was also hired in 2021, and people wanted A.J. Hinch as the White Sox manager. Me. Uh, I wanted A.J. Hinch as the White Sox manager, so it's at least funny seeing the complaints of White Sox fans and and Detroit Tiger fans maybe line up, uh, both having uniqueness of the lineups, but it is at least true. I mean, Tony LaRussa has one of the most unique lineups every single day. I mean, that's kind of a a thing that about Tony that he does is is uniqueness, switching it up. I I don't think it's that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. I know some fans do. You're obviously wanting to fire him. Yes. What's your thinking about that? Like, you saw that list. There was, like, two teams in there who are, like, playoff caliber teams. Yeah. The White Sox are part of it. And, of course, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are right above the White Sox. And you can put the Oakland A's, but they're not any more part of it. Uh, the Oakland A's are not a playoff team. They're one of the worst. They're trying to uh, dive off and be bad again. So, in a couple of years, they'd be good again. You don't want to be part of that company. You don't want to be part of teams that are just changing lineups every day. And they're probably changing lineups because – they don't have stars. They just have interchangeable guys on the squad. So, you know, uh, if Arizona, you, you know, you have Cattell Marte, who's going to start most of the games. Right. But then you're just changing guys, different guys. Uh, Pavin Smith will start this next day, and then uh, Alec Thomas will start the next day somewhere else. And so, yes, that makes sense. They're a rebuilding team. The White Sox, for the most part, should not be rebuilding, should not be sending out different people in different spots, as we say all the time, these players are creatures of habit. They want to know where they're going to be batting. Like you had A.J. Pollock batting second a couple days ago, yeah. then he was batting third, and now today he was batting sixth. Mm-hmm. Like, when is it going to happen? When is he going to be like, okay, I am the seventh hitter? Right, and Jesus. Or same thing with Andrew Vaughn. I'm batting ninth, and then I'm batting eighth. Now I'm the second hitter? Okay. And uh, here's from Jesus Shuttleworth. Most players don't like moving around in the lineup every day. That's what A.J. Pruszynski uh, was talking about, I think, in like the seventh or eighth inning, that, you know, it's something about going to the ballpark and knowing where you're going to be each and every day. Uh, Someone also asked, has Tony always done this? Yes. In 2011, the last time he won a World Series, uh, 155 unique lineups uh, when including the pitchers, 126 when not including the pitchers. So obviously the NL is a little bit different. You only have eight spots to work with compared to nine that we're always changing with the pitcher, but he's basically always done this. And something that he always used to do too was bat the pitcher at the eighth spot. Most NL managers would bat him at the ninth spot. This is from a 2010 article from Tyler Kepner. A few other managers have adopted LaRusse's strategy of batting the pitcher eighth and having a position player bat ninth, which he used in 1998. Nine and 1998 and resumed extensively in 2007. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, since the start of the 2007 season, Lurusa has batted the pitcher eighth in 312 games. Other managers have been nowhere close. John Russell 50 times, Ned Yost 42, Ken Macha 12. So Tony Larusa was doing something 312 times when other managers were doing them 50, 42, 12, 8, 3. He loves to be unique. He loves to be different. It's part of his whole shtick. And this is the thing that I didn't really love when the hire was made. It's old school baseball. It's old school thinking. It's it's garbage crap. It's garbage, garbage crap is what he puts out every single day. Consistency would be great for this lineup. 
making sure that you have Jose Abreu batting third, Andrew Vaughn batting second, or Luis Robert batting second when he's healthy, that would absolutely help this team. And the other thing too, Herb, is just like, you know, it's with the Josh Harrison thing. Like, oh, I believe in this guy. He's had some good good at-bats. Let's move him up to second. Oh, Leary, we need to get him some confidence. Let's have him bat second and third. Oh, Andrew Vaughn, he's guaranteed the second spot, and then we're going to move him down to nine. It's all about feeling. It's all about, like, there's no actual, this is what's been happening. Yep. This is what we need to happen. This is the direction we need to go. It's all just based on a feeling. And do you know what, Tony? I don't think you got any feeling anymore about baseball. You're away from the game for 10 fucking years. And, 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 and this team was the same amount of good in 2020 with Rick Renteria. They had the same winning percentage as Tony La Russa did in 2021. And it was a longer season. They had more injuries. That's part of the reason why they had 153 unique lineups last year. But it, it just feels old school. It just feels all based off of feeling. Where with the Rays, you know, the, another playoff team on that list where they've changed 97 times it's because they're putting in guys based off of swing planes like oh this guy has a better swing plane versus sinkers compared to this guy who has a better swing plane uh compared to cutters yeah like that that is what real baseball teams do tony's like ah josh harrison's a veteran he gives us good bats uh, at bats every other day uh we'll put him up to two there's yeah there's no reason to put him up there there's absolutely zero reason i said in the pregames like did you put him up there because he's a, a supposed fast black middle infielder? So those guys go up in the second spot? I don't know. Because that's the only thing. Like, he's thinking old school. He's got fucking Willie McGee on his team or some shit. Or Vince Coleman. It's not the same. That guy can't hit. He's on the interstate. He's hitting one something. Garbage. He hasn't hit the whole year. And hit a home run since, what, August of last year? August 16th, 2021. So what are we doing? Why are we doing this thing where Josh Harrison hits anywhere firstly and then secondly second in the lineup we've done this with Lurie Garcia this is frustrating and what you said about Ricky Renteria do anybody does anybody out there either watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast believe the White Sox would be in a worse spot with Ricky Renteria no they fired him because he didn't do analytics enough him and and old good old Coop what's going on and I know the owner uh, hired this guy it doesn't preclude well, the general manager coming out and saying something. Yes, you disagree with him. Maybe it's something else changes. Can, you can, you're, all the time I hear from Rick Hahn or anybody else, it's always, oh, we're doing great. We got plenty of time to play. 135 games left or 120 games left. And plenty of time. No, come out and you see it, Rick. Everybody sees it. Somebody's got to come out and say something. Even if you think that you're going to get fired, say something. This is your thing, Rick. You're going to go down with the fire yourself. I'm going to blame you with that bad offseason. And this team can't hit. And then your manager puts a guy who can't hit to get the second most at bats on your team. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? Logical? No. Our best hitters today were our eight and nine hitters. Our rookie best third baseman. Our rookie third baseman hit a home run and went three for four today in Jake Berger. And Adam Engel had two hard-hit balls and robbed a home run. Yeah, exactly. Adam Engel. Like, <laughs> these guys are not supposed to be on this team. Enjoy the ride. Not starters. Enjoy the ride. So, Enjoy just, the ride. So, enjoy the ride. Just terrible. <laughs> just absolutely horrible. This is a bad team. I am not going to sugarcoat anymore. I've, I've seen enough. 
and this is a bad team. You go back to it and you talk about Rick Renteria not being analytical enough. And let's look at the, the actual pitching staff. It's Rick Renteria. It's Frank Minichino and it's Ethan Katz. Or not even, sorry. Uh, Frank Minichino, uh, Don Cooper, Rick Renteria, right? They get rid of Rick Renteria. They get rid of Don Cooper, okay? They replace it with Tony La Russa yep. and Ethan Katz. Yep. The pitching's been fantastic this awesome. year. Awesome. Pitching's been fantastic last year. Hitting struggled in 2021. Hitting struggled in 2022. Just saying. There was not a change in that hitting philosophy in this organization. There was not a change in the hitting coach that at that time. There was a change in the hitting the pitching coach at, at that time. And Ethan Katz has worked wonders, worked magic. Frank Minichino hasn't done that yet. Tony Larusa hasn't done that yet. And I, I know people love Tony's ability to to help the team last year with injuries. There's no injuries with this team at all. Like I, I mean, for the for the most, I guess you know you have Aloy and Luis right now, but. I mean, Aloy was out for most of last year, too, and they were fine. Yeah. With worse talent, and, and, arguably. And I mean, they Luis, were doing that with, with Brian Goodwin. And, and Billy Hamilton. was out, too, last year for a good chunk of the time. It's just so frustrating. Like, I don't know if they watched the same series we watched versus the Astros. We were outclassed in that one. We couldn't hit. Astros were crushing us with our pitching. Our pitchers, as you said, have been outstanding especially the starters and Ethan Katz has been nothing more than spectacular he's look what he's done for Carlos Rodon that man is back on track Dylan Cease went and he had a bad game in Cincinnati and one in St. Louis but he's actually still good yes but look who he's done for Dylan Cease Uh, the core velocity belt all the stuff that he's changed with Dylan Cease He's taken him from a guy who can just throw hard and give you good outings to one of the best pitchers in uh, the American League this year. Michael Kopech is got, what, the second best ERA if he qualifies right now. We're just doing good things with the pitching staff, and you're wasting it. Luke Chialito, I don't need to tell you how good he is. We're just wasting all this good effort from the pitching staff because we can't hit don't do timely hits. We don't do any hits. We're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark except for our rookie third baseman mm-hmm. who's got sitting down and both Sean and I looked at each other like, yeah, we thought at the time when he got sent down, it should have been sheets. The only reason he stayed was because he has a lefty bat and he can play right field. I put those in quotes. So, yes, this has been wildly frustrating for this team not to recognize their problems they had last year and fixing them and now continue on this season through 45 games. It's just ugh. the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO. When you sign up, if you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. You make a $50 or more first time deposit. You receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership and a free t-shirt from CHGO locker all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at points bet. You'll want a free CHGO membership because our members get access to premium written content. Uh, we have a fantastic beat writer Vinny Duber on our CHGO White Sox beat so if you are looking for game recaps maybe some quotes from Rick Hahn maybe some quotes from Tony La Russa coming out of the clubhouse Vinny has you covered on the CHGO White Sox beat so if you make a $50 deposit your first time deposit with points bet and use code CHGO uh, you'll get a free CHGO membership and a free t-shirt from CHGO Locker all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at points bet if you have questions you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out online sign up is available in Illinois you can download the points 
Sportsbet app right now and register your account start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with bets. <laughs> Live your bet life with bets life. <laughs> Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling hmm. problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's go. my disease over there. What's that? I'm giving you my disease over there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field to talk to our great CHGO White Sox beat writer. It's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. How's it going, Vinny? Hey, guys. How are you? Oh, we're great. We're real peachy and <laughs> just super, super optimistic tonight. Wow. Uh, it's getting to the point where I need to treat you guys like I do Tony LaRusso and just not ask that question anymore. Yes. And honestly, uh, if it's a win, we're probably in a good mood. If it's a bad, if it's a loss, uh, we're probably in a bad mood. I'm guessing you talked to Tony. How was he tonight? Didn't seem very happy, did he? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, this was uh, I mean, listen, I... I I, I uh, am hesitant to use the term that I believe uh, Herb tweeted out at one point, embarrassing, but uh, the guys can't hit. And when they do hit, they can't score. Um, that's really what's happening right now. I mean, the pitching is fine, as everybody mm-hmm. knows. This offense is not getting the job done. And it's got a few guys, three or four guys maybe, that you know are coming to play on a daily basis and everybody else coming to play, but uh, not really uh, getting anything close to the results that they're looking for. So um, this has been the story the first two months. It was the story tonight. It is going to keep being the story until it isn't. I know Joe is a good third base coach, but this year he's having some struggles. Joe McEwing. Is there any explanation from Tony or anything? Did they even talk about it? Because Yasmani Grandal is not fast. That ball wasn't like hit slowly. So he was out by 10 feet. Did Tony speak about, uh, I don't know, he's going to call out his man as third base coach. Did he talk about Yasmani getting thrown out at home and Joe struggling this year? He did. You're not going to like the answer. He said, okay. you got to send him. He said he had no problem what? with it. When, you, when, you score, when you're not scoring any runs, you got to force the issue. Um, I think anybody else running from second base, sure. Uh, Yasmani Grandal has proven Literally. that he is not fleet of foot. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, listen, when he's clicking on all cylinders, he's good at a lot of different things. I don't think he's ever going to be good at, uh, at, at sprint, sprint speed. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a tough, it's a tough send, uh, because of who it was. Right. And, and I think situationally with, with any, like I said, any other runner on the team, maybe, um, I'll go with with him, but, but this is, this is Yaz and, and Yaz is not fast. Sorry. I I knocked over my water bottle. How, How long are we into this podcast? 29 minutes. Okay, we're 29 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't talked about the Osmani Grandal being thrown out at home uh, too often. There's 414 baseball players in Major League Baseball. He is the 413th slowest baseball player. He is oh, my God, two, who's slower? Uh, who's Mart- slower? Martin Maldonado, so wow. another catcher. Um, wow. He is two feet and uh, two feet per second slower than the second slowest runner uh, on the White Sox, which is Reese McGuire. Uh, so I, I have no clue the thought process in sending Yasmani Grandal home there. I, I can't believe I, I can't believe that they're defending that. Well, here's the thing, and like I just said, the, the situation that's a reasonable opinion to have, right? Yes. You can't score any runs. You got to score a run right. some way. And if you're going to be tentative, you be, the, the, the percentages, I would imagine, with the guys in this lineup, the way they're hitting right now, would tell you that the next guy up is probably not going to get a hit, right? And so I, I get the situation. But the situation also involves Yasmani Grandal. Exactly. So. Yeah, well, and right there, I think, kind of is a, a really damning statement. Uh, just, just, And I know that, and that this might not be what you meant, but, you know, the guy behind him might not be confident that he could drive in Yasmani Grandal from third base. Like, I, I mean, is, it, does it feel like the confidence of this team is, well, is being affected right now? 
I mean, listen, uh, I, I tweeted out a quote from Rick Hahn at the end of it. And, and you know, I, I, I you get the vibe. People are saying it, right? People with this team are saying it. And the players are kind of maybe a little bit more hesitant to say it. But you've got Tony saying it from time to time. Rick saying it from time to time. Guys are pressing. The team can't score. So the guy's going to go up there to the plate and try and hit a 10-run homer, right? And that's not what you want to do. That's not what the that's not how you have success hitting the baseball. Um, but it keeps happening because the run total keeps staying low. Uh, and so I, I, I'm not trying to say that there's no confidence in the guy to, right. to drive in a run. Right. I'm not. I'm just saying that you you know what's going on. Yeah. You know, Tony LaRusso knows what's going on. Joe McEwing knows what's going on. And he know and they know that they can't score any runs right now. So here's an opportunity to score a run. They're going to try it, but it ends up in another blown opportunity because that's the way the cookie keeps crumbling for these White Sox right now. Um, the explanation is not satisfying. Uh, I, I will be the first to admit that. The only thing we're getting pretty much is, well, these guys have hit before, so they're going to hit again. And listen, that's probably true. But right now, it's not. They're not hitting right now. And so, you uh, you know, Tony alludes to the problems. He, he he watches the games. He knows the problems. They're chasing pitches out of the strike zone on nights. It, it, they're, they're, really, they're really having a trouble finding the Goldilocks of this right now, right? Because it seems like some nights they're going up there with uh, a patient approach and it's backfiring. You know what I mean? The guys are throwing right. strikes right down the middle and they're down in the count and it's backfiring. Other nights, they're going up there with an aggressive approach, and it's backfiring. They're mm-hmm. swinging at balls out of the strike zone, and they're knocking you know little ground balls that they can't get a hit for. Um, they have had very great difficulty finding what is just right, and that's what I mean by Goldilocks in it, right? Is like they've got a there, there's there's no happy medium yet, and the happy medium is what's going to make this team go. They haven't found it yet, and so you're getting a lot of unhappy extremes. Um, he Tony tonight said that. That, that they weren't aggressive enough, right? That they that they are that they were going up there and the guys, the st- Cubs pitchers are throwing strikes and then they're down in the count and they're already at a disadvantage because they're yes. not swinging at the yes. first strike. But any all everybody's wanted them to do all year is to stop swinging at the first pitch. So they go up there and they do it and it backfires. It, it is just nothing is working for them right now and the explanations are not satisfying. I'm sure they are a lot more satisfying on an individual level inside the clubhouse when the coaches are working with these guys they've got you know an entire computer full of film they've got uh, you know uh, coaches who can go and watch these guys uh, watch their swing every little second of it can show them everything that's going wrong I'm sure they're working on it right now it's not working we saw Johnny Cueto give this team a chance to win through six came back out for the seventh which I was cool with and then get hit hard or ran out of energy and ran out of uh, uh, stamina there what did Johnny say happened in the seventh, and what did Tony say what he saw in that seventh to not pull him a little earlier than he did? I, I actually don't have a huge problem with it. I mean, I can see why some people would because the results were what the results were, but the results in the two previous innings were one, two, three innings. Uh, I mean, he had gotten seven guys out in a row, and he was a guy who all night long, with the exception of those first couple innings, was getting guys quick. You know what I mean? Yep. It was like one pitch, and, and there's an out. Three pitches, and there's two outs. And – why would you not trust him to do that again after, you know, a ball sneaks through or a ball gets hit hard to the outfield? Um, I don't think there was any reason to stop trusting him given what he had done in the previous innings. Now, that being said, what he did with Johnny Cueto, whether it worked or not, whether it was wrong or right, doesn't matter because they scored one run. You know what I mean? Had he left? Had he taken him out right there and nothing, and it was just all outs the rest of the game by White Sox pitchers to the Cubs, batters, 
it doesn't matter. They lose three one. Like the the offense right now is 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 that poor that you're not you're, you're even when things do go wrong that are that are so minuscule or something that you would think that it would be the difference in the game the the, the changing point in the game it's not the case with this team right now because they're not backing up their pitchers with hits and runs and my thought process too was you know if this is a three run you know three three ball game three two ball game going into the sixth inning they probably go to a relief pitcher but it's it's Three nothing at that point. Three one, one, right? So yeah, I mean they're they're still down. Um, yeah, I I didn't hate the decision to keep going with him. I was fine with them. He was good. He was pitching well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did you get to chat? Who else did you talk to? You talked to Tony. I'm guessing Cueto. Anybody else? Uh, briefly we briefly talked to Jake Berger too. Okay. What I mean, what's his kind of uh, ride been like? Because another home run for him tonight, a three for four game. He got sent down, and I, I think Herb and I were questioning that when that happened. Uh, but he comes up and, and continues to hit for the White Sox. How's he been feeling? I mean, he's obviously feeling good. This, right. He's having success, and you, you saw a lot of it tonight. I think the only out he made in the game was a rocket in the ninth inning, right? If, if memory serves. So right to the left fielder there, maybe. I think it was the last out of the game. But mm-hmm. um he uh, he he talked about how uh, his time at Charlotte was was beneficial. How he went down there and you know he was able to work on stuff and, and get going again. And uh, listen, uh, I think we've seen enough of Jake Berger to know that he can provide you with a bat. Um, and and he, he he played some good third base tonight too. It, the problem is that Yohan Moncada is on this team and he's never going to get a full shot because they've got a guy there that they trust to be an all-star level player, an MVP level player, if you, depending on who you listen to and um, when the batting average is not, you know, in the low 100s. But um, the, the, the thing, the good thing that they can lean on with Jake Berger is they can bring him off the bench and, and he can be kind of that ideal pinch hitter or that ideal spot starter. I don't think you're going to see him playing a lot of second base, um, but he can play third base and, you know, Yohan Moncada continues to be dealing with some physical issues. And, uh, you know, I, I think he said, Rick Hahn told us today that he's got a quad issue that he's dealing with right now. I mean, he, he, he might be back uh, in the lineup tomorrow or, or they might continue to find some more rest beneficial for him, especially with the hot bat that Jake Berger's swinging right now. But um, I don't think he's ever, Jake Berger is ever going to jump Yohan Moncada on the depth chart, depending on, you know, uh, where they are, uh, where where Yohan is physically. Saw a video from uh, Durham, North Carolina. Looked like uh, Aloy Jimenez hit a single and then pulled up lame after that. Any update on Aloy Jimenez's status for uh, the next couple days? Sox say he left with uh, some some soreness in his leg uh, and that uh, that he's day to day. So I think we'll find out a lot more tomorrow morning. Um, but man, that's not what you want to see. Uh, it was almost instantaneous, wasn't it? Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, looking at the video of that at bat, it was very much, he swung the bat, he got a hit and something was bugging him right away. And I mean, as soon as he got down to first base, he came right back down the first base line into the dugout. So, um, not, not good, not good. <laughs> I will, I will hold off, uh, you know, informing you that it is any worse than not good until we have some more information. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, for that to be the first, the first at bat in your first game uh, of a rehab assignment, that is very much not what you want to see. This might be a difficult question for you to ask. So, you know, if, if I put you in a bad spot, just, Say pass. That's fine. Uh, but Hector Gomez on May 11th, he tweeted, White Sox outfielder Aloy Jimenez will return in two weeks. Jimenez was expected to be out six to eight weeks after suffering a torn hamstring on April 23rd. So he returned after five weeks uh, of being off. What, why the reason to bring him back 
so soon. I think maybe not trying to second guess them. Uh, they, they thought he was healthy, but we obviously see, you know, first hit or second, yeah, first hit, he steps out of the box and immediately is injured. Um, I, I think my question is, did they bring him back too soon? Uh, what was the vibe around the, the clubhouse and, and the idea of bringing him up uh, and having him start a rehab assignment in Charlotte? This is an easy question to answer. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think anything is different on the timeline. Rick Hahn was asked basically a, a version of this question earlier today. Um, and he said, look, the, the thing was six to eight weeks. Not only is that, you know, pretty approximate based on, you know, how because everybody's going to heal differently and whatnot. But it's also not wrong. Um, I think, you know, you said five weeks uh, from, you know, from the injuries when he went on his rehab assignment. And right. so he's expected to have a week-long rehab assignment, and you're looking at right around six weeks. So if he comes back to the team in six weeks, right? I mean, the rehab assignment is part of the part of the recovery process, absolutely. Um, you're going to see Lance Lynn spend almost two weeks, you know, if you include the days between his starts. Um, that obviously is is part of the process of getting back. And for Aloy, it's the same thing, even if it's over a shorter window uh, because he's a position player. But um, I don't think this has anything to do with, you know, um, rushing him or anything like that. We've been hearing for literally weeks here right. how great he looks and how healthy he looks and how, you know, you, you're, you know, you got guys being, being shocked that he looks as good as he does after having the surgery and after having the injury that he had. So, um, and that includes, you know, a player in, in Jose Abreu saying that to us in Kansas city, uh, not too long ago. So, um, Listen, the, the White Sox uh, have, have always been very much, uh, you know, do what's best for the player, in tune with what the player is going through. A lot of people always have the opposite qualm, right, that why is it taking so long kind of thing. This one happened to go smoothly. It, it, went, it went well. Um, it might not be going as well tonight as it was, uh, you know, several hours ago. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that I think that's people looking for a complaint. Before the game, we saw that Dallas Keuchel was designated for assignment and Rick Hahn had uh, grabbed the mic in front of you guys. And what do you have to say about the reasons that went into his decision to DFA Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, I mean, I think the the why is fairly obvious. We've all seen Dallas pitch over the last uh, calendar year. Uh, we've all seen the numbers that Dallas has put up over the last calendar year. Uh, the when is kind of what's interesting, right? And I think uh, basically you got to the end of their end of their patience, pretty much. Is I mean, R Rick even alluded to the fact that they were talking about this inevitability before those couple good starts that he made against the Red Sox and the Yankees, um, and then the same two teams clobbered him. So. Um, it is, is something that, you know, the team has been thinking about for a while. They had the patience to try to get him back to where he was going. You know, we, we, we went down all the reasons for that uh, back in the spring when we talked to, to Dallas and everybody about Dallas, feeling healthy, feeling back to back on track nor for, you know, a normal buildup for him uh, in terms of getting ready for a season. And, you know, the White Sox could look at the track record of a guy who's won a Cy Young Award, a guy who's won a World Series, and a guy who has had rough seasons throughout his career and managed to come back from them. It didn't happen. The bounce back never happened. And so they're like, all right, this is this is it. They can't keep throwing them out there. The main thing, though, I think, and, and Rick certainly said this uh, as much, um, it's the fact that they've got some depth. Cueto's right. here and pitching well. Lance Lynn is getting healthy, uh, you know, and, and, and 
Rick even shouted out Davis Martin, you know, as a guy who's a part of their starting depth, really alluding to the fact or, you know, saying it without saying it as directly as possible that Davis Martin has the confidence of the team more than Dallas Keuchel did given the way that Dallas was producing. So um, there are options. And and at other times in, in this team's uh, recent past, including earlier this very season, there weren't those options. And Dallas had to be an integral part of that rotation. They no longer needed him to do that. And so that's why uh, it came today. And kudos to Rick and Jerry Reinsdorf for swallowing all that money that they have to with Dallas Keuchel being DFA'd. So I didn't think they are going to do it, but I got to give them credit for doing that, seeing what we're seeing, and then letting Dallas go. And good luck to Dallas. Enjoy your money, and I hope you catch up with some other team. Well, and like Rick said, you saw it, you watched, you guys saw him. I don't think we need to grave dance on this too much. The decision has been made, and we're moving on. It'll be interesting to see how they are moving on, and a lot of great quotes from Rick Hahn and Vinny's recap article on the White Sox DFAing Dallas Keuchel. That is live right now at allchgo.com, so make sure you're a member and reading Vinny's great work. Any other news, notes, quips from uh, Rick Hahn that we need to hear about? Uh, if I cast my mind back uh, before this game started, let's see. Uh, I mean, that there, there was some stuff. Luis Robert is, is, is feeling better, but he doesn't really expect him to be back, uh, certainly this certainly tomorrow. But uh, he right. said, you know, it looks like maybe that series in Tampa is more realistic than Toronto. But, you know, if things go well, he could be back for Toronto. That series with Toronto, that's going to be interesting. The White Sox have a couple of guys who are not going to be able to go to Canada, given the uh, COVID restrictions uh, in that country. Um, um, the they are going to be placed on the restricted list, two guys, so we will find out exactly who those guys are who are uh, not vaccinated. Um, the White Sox do not have a 100% vaccination rate on the active roster, so they are going to have to make a couple of moves before they go and play the Blue Jays. And just before I, I – so for my edification, they're pretty much their whole organization besides those two players are vaccinated, right? Well, I mean, yeah, as far as we know, I mean, Rick Hahn talked up. I mean, I asked him, you know, you know, listen, Rick has been very open about wanting everyone, whether you're a a player, a a front office member, uh, a fan or a citizen walking down the street in Bridgeport. He has been open about his opinion that and it's not, you know. For him, for him and many of us, it's not an opinion, but a fact that, you know, getting that vaccine is helpful to your community uh, and, and in this case, helpful to your teammates. Right. Uh, and so I asked him, is that disappointing that you have guys on this roster who who haven't, uh, you know, followed through with that? His uh, his saying, you know, I mean, he obviously kept it very diplomatic, but uh, but yeah, he, he basically pointed out the success that the organization has had, the model that the organization can be to other to other teams and other organizations across, you know, uh, other walks of life in in kind of banding together and making sure that that's something you do to protect your coworkers and your and your uh, and your family and your community as well. So, yeah, I believe that, uh, you know, from everything I have heard and read uh, from Rick, you know, be it last year or, or this year. Uh, very much great buy-in from the the White Sox as an organization, as a as a coaching staff. Uh, you know what I mean, and and especially as a minor leagues. I believe it was uh, reported uh, over the offseason that they required their minor leaguers to 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 get vaccinated as well. So, but with the player, the major league players being members of the union, that is not a, a, a mandate. Uh, is my understanding that the that the team can make or any team can make. So um, you have uh, you have some people that won't be able to go to Toronto. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer for uh, CHGO. Thanks, Vinny. Thank you, guys. Have a pleasant evening. 
Absolutely. Steven already knocked you off our screen. Talk to you tomorrow. Reels is just there he is. He's back. Booting you off. He's back. He's back. <laughs> All right. We'll t- hopefully talk to you tomorrow. We'll catch up soon uh, with Vinny. Uh, interesting uh, notes there about Luis Robert. Last game he played was March 20 or May 22nd. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if, if he doesn't end up playing, you know, the 29th and then they have a day off on the 30th. And if he doesn't end up playing until Tampa, it's like, why didn't we just put him on the 10-day IL at this point? Because on Monday, that'll be eight days. So I I don't know. And uh, Matthew Graber asking, I thought the Sox required vaccination. So is it newer guys? My guess is Graveman and Pollock. Uh, I don't really want to go on the vaccinated or not vaccinated witch hunt. Uh, I think that might be uh, a a little wrong. But Tuesday, probably. Right. But as Vinny alluded to, the White Sox this offseason required everyone in their organization that they could to get vaccinated. So that means coaching staff, front office, and minor leaguers. I, I think they did have a couple uh, people released uh, yeah. due to due to the uh, not getting vaccinated. Uh, but the major league players have no requirements at, as all, at all. So, yeah. so what we know is that 24 of the 26 White Sox players are vaccinated. When they go to Toronto this week, two of them will not be able to go with the team. See, the thing is, I don't necessarily care if those two players are not vaccinated because it's their choice. I care because, you know, as Vinny said, we're a community. It's better if you are. Fred says what my point is. Right. Imagine having to play Toronto in the playoffs and not having two regulars. No, we're not. Like, we're going to, you know, if if the White Sox <laughs> recover, if they do what they're supposed to do, and imagine you're having a series with the Toronto Blue Jays like you had in 1993, and they still have the rules that they have over there in Canada, that's going to be a big-time thing for that team to have missed two players. And I have a guess, and I'll see if I'm well, right on Tuesday yeah, we don't of know. those two players, so... It's, that's the only way I don't like. I don't, I don't know about guessing. We were going to try to do, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, properly uh, witch hunting <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Actually, uh, safely uh, witch hunting uh, players that might have been uh, uh, not vaccinated. Uh, seems like a stupid bit. Uh, but once it got Dan Payton saying getting political now, like, no, we're not. It's, not. it's like if they were allergic to the artificial turf and they would not be able to play. Not like, political at all. They are not able to play. It, it, it's like if they, they'd be out of the game for... You know, three three games right here. Vaccines uh, are not political. No, I, people made it such, but we're not being political here at all. The White Sox will not have two players, period. That's just a fucking fact. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out and in case you missed it online signup is available in illinois download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for once Nothing. the game starts don't just bet live your bet life points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and vinnie duber just joined us uh he is the chgo white Sox beat writer you want to help support CHGO, go to allchgo.com and become a member today. Members get premium access to written content written by 
Vinny Duber. CHGO Cubs have a beat writer, Ryan Herrera. He does fantastic job, uh, a fantastic job. We have Jared Willis as well on staff. We have three fantastic baseball beat writers keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Chicago baseball world. We also have beat writers for the, the, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Sky, the Soccer, the, 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 soccer. the soccer, the Red Stars, <laughs> the Fire, uh, all those That's teams. So you called. get premium written content at all <laughs> CHGO when you become a member. Members get a free shirt when you sign up, and you also get access into our CHGO Lounge. It's a members Discord only. We get to chat with all of us CHGO personalities, and you're going to get the podcasts, the live shows, the post-game shows free every day on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all of your important podcasting services. All right. Herb, where do we go from here? The I mean, team? we can talk about tomorrow. We could talk about Dallas Keuchel. We could talk about their stinky bats. Uh, well, we can. Oh yeah, let's just uh, let's finish off. You know, our sixty wins, sixty losses, okay. and forty-two uh, games. So the saying from Hawk Harrelson: "You win sixty, you lose sixty. It's the other forty-two that count." Right now, we'll update you on where the Sox are. They have fourteen wins of those sixty. They have fifteen losses of those sixty, and they have sixteen other of the forty-two. And in those other, they're oh. eight and eight. Herb playing a video oh, look at you me again um, um so right now socks not in a healthy state friends no illinois is a healthy state um losses it's too many s's there yes um i i, I changed that losses. And I were, there's so many losses it. they had to add an extra s but yes we're really bad we're really terrible right now and we can't spell and can't spell and then old man herb has his phone go off in the middle i was looking at youtube <laughs> you're just looking yeah. at a youtube my daughter called me yeah, yeah, I'm so old. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but yes, the White Sox your, are uh, Herbie Larusa, a really mediocre team, and uh, it's it's incumbent on them to win tomorrow versus the Cubs. Incumbent because, as Sean said, hell's coming to breakfast, or the White Sox are going to hell up there in Toronto with Kevin Gaussman pitching, and then. I think it was a, is it a hundred Ryu yeah, pitching Ryu. On, on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And then Alec Manoa, who Sean had just told you how great he is. They have great pitchers and two of them are right-handed. So, you know, we're not scoring runs in that game. So we got to get the hundred Ryu who's also pretty damn good in his own right, but he's a lefty. So maybe we can get a victory in, in Toronto on that Wednesday. Then we go to Tampa. They were tough here. We beat them in the series. But Tampa, every year you see them, and they're going to play tough. This is not easy, friends. We're going through the gauntlet. This is why losses to the Cubs, who are no damn good. This is why losses to the Royals are no no damn damn good. good. This is why losses to the Tigers, who are no damn good, hurt. Yes. All of them, like, you can put together 91 wins, and most of them could be versus bums. Bums slay all you want. The White Sox ain't even doing that. No. Like, now you got to play real teams. And, yes, I was worried about the White Sox going to New York and getting any games. And they came out of there with two out of three. Bring that same spirit up to Tampa, uh, to- Toronto and Tampa, please. But and here, Split the series. Split the go. six games, please. And here we go. Let's look at the uh, probable pitchers for tomorrow, Herb. Who's on the bump? Dylan Cease versus Marcus Stroman. Another right-handed pitcher. Keegan Thompson just shoved against you, and here comes a guy that you really like in Marcus Stroman. Past, I think, three years, 600-plus innings, uh, an ERA below 350. He's been fantastic over the past couple years. He's been, uh, you know, difficult. Uh, He's he's had a difficult year this year, but, Mm -hmm. hey, it's great to get right against the White Sox who can't hit right-handed pitching still. 
Yeah, and he doesn't like Larusa. Called him a racist as much. Uh, he wouldn't play for him ever. I don't know if necessarily Tony's a racist. I wouldn't call him that myself. I didn't have any re- reaction with him. I have not had any uh, interaction with him. And Juan Hernandez, a $5 super chat. Boo, 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 boo. Boo, 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 boo. When will LaRusso lose his job? LaRusso never. Will We're lose stuck his... with him, baby, until he retires. Exactly. Boo, 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 boo. He'll only lose his job when he's tired of this. He's not getting fired by Rick Hahn. Jerry's not going to fire him again as he did in 86 or allowed Hawk Harrelson to do it. So he's here forever. He's here until he wants to leave. If 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 Hawk wasn't the GM, Tony LaRusso would have hired this would have coached this team from 1979 to 2022. I don't I don't doubt it. That guy would have had a lifetime job. I don't know how many championships he would have gotten that year. Doesn't matter. He's time. the owner's best friend. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm i sad, Juan, and I don't know necessarily how much of this is on Tony, but Tony has been fucking up a lot, and his staff has been too. That's like, the thing. It's like wh- it's not only just Tony because we, we've always said managers don't matter. They don't matter it's, that it's much. Staff. This man has changed my mind on that shit. It's the staff, 22 and 23, and, you know, Vinny's – Vinny's saying it right there. Vinny's talking about, you know, and, and I don't want to say anything. This is what I'm taking away from what Vinny's telling yes. me. All right. So this is this is my take on what Vinny's telling us. The fact that he's saying, you know, oh, well, we got to send him there. We have no choice but to send our slowest runner from second base because we can't hit. Holy shit. Yeah. You've been doing work with this team. This team hasn't been hitting since April. Yes. And you've been working with them. What is it? What have they shown? What work, what progression, what changes at the plate have actually shown up for the White Sox? It's the same crap over and over again. Let's look at Keegan Thompson's pitch map today. Let's see it where all the balls that were put in play against Keegan Thompson were today. Let's look. Oh, Herb, look at that huge blob out of the zone. Mm-hmm. Low and away, funny. The White Sox aren't dividing up the, the 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 strike zone in any certain way. They're not looking for certain pitches to hit. They're not looking for fastballs only. It just feels like the only people that can hit are the guys that have nothing on their mind, like Jake Berger and Adam Ingle. Adam Ingle wouldn't be in this lineup if Luis Robert was hurt. Here you go. He's having a great day. Jake Robert wouldn't even be on this team if Yohan Moncada wasn't hurt. He'd be down in Charlotte right now. There you go. The guys that have nothing to prove are absolutely coming out and proving everything to you for this team. And the guys with everything to prove. Yasmani Grandal, the biggest contract in, in White Sox free agent history for a position player, nothing this year. Jose Abreu, reigning MVP, hasn't done anything. Luis Robert, hurt. Aloy, hurt. Yohan Makata, hurt. AJ Pollock, done nothing. It's, yeah. It, it's brutal. And the run was scored on a hanging curve ball that... Jake Berger punished. He, that he was sitting fastball. He got a curveball. It was a curveball that was up in the zone, and yeah. he destroyed it. No White Sox hitters doing that. And Mookie was, Betts has 11 home runs in May. The White Sox have 21. And there was, there was a lot of that. It was not that fat or juicy pitch to every pitch pitcher or a batter, but there was a lot of balls that weren't great. That's why I'm saying Keegan Thompson, the results look nice, look real nice. But the White Sox didn't do anything with them. They put 24 balls into play today. Yeah. And nothing. Like, did really nothing. And then Jake Berger with that single. And it. I'm still not over that. 15 balls in play, only five hard hits. Just, like, I'm not over that. Jake Berger hits the ball to left field. Two left field, right? 
Was it left or right field? Which no, one was right this? field. The one with uh, Yasmani got thrown out of home. Was... I always thought it was center. Okay. He th- hits the ball at outfield. No, it was right field because Ortega throws him out. So he hits it. He he, he shoots it the other way in between uh, second base and first base because I think Pollock was going. So there was a hole on the second base side. Ortega comes up throwing. And when the throw comes home, Grandal's not even on the screen. Not close. Like we knew. Like when I. And you know who's up to that? I heard that the, the ninth hitter, Adam Engel, who had two hits that game. Right. Yeah. So when I heard uh, Lynn Casper say, oh, they're sitting in him, I was like, why? <laughs> I know he's slow. I can beat him in a race. It's just piss poor all around. Well, and I got the t- whole team. We we talked about this too. The whole except for starting pitchers, they're they're doing doing well. Starting pitchers been pretty well. You know, bullpen's been fine for most part. They've all had right. some ups and they've had some downs, but for the most part, I mean, I really can't put them. You know, put too much blame on them. Uh, but we've we've talked about this stat. They've now tied the Nationals for outs at home base uh, with nine. But they are also the worst team in the league. 16 times they have had a player on second when a single is hit and the runner scores. That is the lowest in the major leagues. So they have been thrown out nine times at the plate. I don't know if all of those are from second to home, but when they get people on second, they're not even, they're not bringing them home. They're not, I mean, like they, they, they're worse than the Tigers. They're worse than the Pirates. They're just worse at small ball. They're not able to just get a hit when it counts. It's brutal. It's soft contact and hard misses. Like Mr. C says, uh, it's basically what it says. Yaz uh, from Wayne says, Yaz took a ball. He launched and struck out on a ball outside. Can't win like that. You were upset with his uh, at-bats versus Afro. Ross, he took two fastballs right down the down middle. Down the middle. I don't know. Like it was, I don't know. It was, I think, a 1 0 count ball, literally right down the middle. Fastball 91. Took it. Same exact pitch, the next pitch. Took it and eventually strikes out at a curveball, which was wicked in the zone. So, like, I don't know what the approach was. What are you looking for other than dead red on 1 0? And he throws that to you. You just look at it. You take it like you're in a bad way, man. He's in a really bad way. Maybe a couple days off for him will get him right, too. I would expect anyways, a night ga- a day game after night game that Reese McGuire will be catching tomorrow anyway. Yes. So we'll probably with see- a day off on Monday, too. So Got to we'll really get him. him. Yasmani needs a day, week, month, month year off. He's been terrible. Give he walked twice too. today. So that's why we like him. So you continue to do that. Fine, but you got to put a couple hits in there and a couple over the wall because they didn't pay you all that money just to walk or just to strike out. You need to hit a home run. Get If you're going to do the three true outcomes, add a home run in there every once in a while. All right. What other Nothing. graphics we got? We got a couple. Uh, <laughs> so we got the starting pitcher <laughs> graphic today. Six and two-thirds for Cueto. Five earned runs. Nine hits allowed. Three walks. Two Ks. Uh, he had a, a quality start after six innings, and then Tony left him in. I really can't blame him. If they were scoring runs, he probably wouldn't have came out for the seventh. I think it would have been a completely different game if the game was closer. It just wasn't, so it doesn't matter. Keegan Thompson, five innings pitched. One earned run. Five hits allowed. Four walks. Uh, one walk, four walks would be great. One walk, four Ks. Uh, that's the starting pitcher line for today. It's also National Burger Day. So it happy, is. happy National Burger Day. We ordered pizza, uh, but National Burger Day. Jake Burger celebrated it by hitting a home run and going three for four. It's great. He looked great. He's been looking good since he came back to from AAA and hopefully did learn something down in his short stint in AAA and looks like he's a better player for it. 
And when it next time it comes to somebody getting sent down, that has to be Gavin Sheets. I'm not hoping for this, but the man, what is on the Mendoza line right now with 200, he's not getting the job done. The only reason he didn't get sent down that first time is because he's a left-hander. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. This time he has to be sent down and play Jake Berger in right field. I'm sure he won't be any worse than what Gavin Sheets is when he's out there. Can't be worse than Andrew Vaughn out there either. Andrew Vaughn has like a minus six outs above average. And I think if you just, and, and like, I don't even think he qualifies for it. Like you actually literally have to go out and put a minimum on there of like 25 attempts or something like his minus six outs above average. And it's already like one of the 60th worst outf- uh, outfield performances by any outfielder ever. I mean, like they, they, they're not getting good right field defense right now. It literally does not matter who you put out in right field right now. You can put Jake Berger out there because he's the only one that's hitting in the damn lineup. Uh, Johnny Cueto was fine. Uh, they were just jumping on him first pitch. He ended up getting uh, kind of out of it, changing up a, a little bit of the, the speeds. As long as he's healthy, I'm fine with Johnny Cueto being our fifth starter. Uh, nothing about this game changed my mind on that, Herb. Look at the, all these teams. We keep on going through what they do to our pitchers. You saw Boston have a plan for Dylan Cease. They had a plan for Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito worked his way into a good start. Today, the Cubs had a plan for Johnny Cueto, and David Ross, the manager, spoke to it with A.J. Brzezinski and Lynn Casper. He's like, yes, Johnny's going to be in the zone for the most part. Told him to pick out a, a spot and go to work. They had a plan. Why don't every other team have an offensive plan versus our good pitchers and we seemingly don't have a plan versus other people's pitchers? It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. Like, every time you see somebody attacking our guys, hitting first pitch mistakes, going after our home run, going after our pitchers with the fastball elevated, they know what's coming. They do it. They ambush our guys and have success offensively in that that regard. Seems like we don't have that same thing. They can't do it to... Even bad pitchers. Yeah. Brady Singer ate this fucking team up. Yeah. Eight Ks. Daniel Lynch. Daniel Lynch ate this team up. Those are guys in your division that you see every year. Of course, Keegan Thompson's going to eat you up. Of course, Kevin Gosman's going to eat you up on Tuesday. Of course, Alec Manoa's going to eat you up on Thursday. It's the same shit. The same problems that happened in 2021. And we go out and get A.J. Pollock, who can't throw a runner out from left field. And he's going to be our right fielder when everything's right. Right fielder is supposed to have the strongest oh. arm in the outfield. So we got a right fielder who can't throw. What did Rick Hahn say about uh, the bats? This is from Vinny Duber. Vinny Duber uh, was talking to Rick Hahn before the day. Uh, talked about him with uh, the stinky bats on this team. And uh, Rick Hahn said, we've seen this group for a while now. We know the type of at-bats they're capable of putting together. We've seen games in the last week where we've had a more patient approach uh, and spit on balls out of the zone, taking our walks. Danny Parker. As a result... <laughs> Which followed, yeah, he's going to get the Danny Parkins treatment now. That's more of who we are. It's understandable when we, for what variety of reasons, the spring, the weird start, guys pressing a little bit when they look up there and see the numbers a little bit below than what they're accustomed to seeing. The guys on a whole taking a step back and stringing together the good at-bats they're capable of doing will rectify any offensive shortcomings we've had, and the numbers will follow. Occasionally, you just need to tip your, tip your hat to the pitcher sometimes, but we've known this offense is capable of more and we've seen it over the last few seasons. Um, I read that, Herb, mm-hmm. and I just think it's a bunch of crap. I yeah. think it's a bunch of crap because do you know what? Everybody else has to deal with 
the weird spring. Yeah. Everybody else has to deal with the nope, weird just start. Just the White Sox. Everybody else has to deal with a cold April. Everybody else has to deal with injuries. You still have Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, Tim Anderson. Those three players have been available for you for the fucking 45 games that you've played this year. They have not done enough. There are your top paid players. The only one out of those three that have actually done anything is Tim Anderson. Jose Abreu needs to step up. Yasmani Grandal needs to step up. Yohan Moncada needs to step up. Luis Robert needs to step up. Everybody needs to step up. And it's, it's again, with pressing. Like, I, I don't understand how Tony La Russa, who has been in baseball since 1970-whatever, cannot help a team press. Why is Why are we unable to have any fun why are we unable to rewind, unwind, relax at all? Press, 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 press. If we've known they've been pressing since the end of April, why haven't we helped the pressing? We're helping them apparently with their at-bats, but that's not showing up on the field. Could we make them have a little bit of fun? Like, sucks. It's just, it's crap. It's word salad. Yeah, I think that the... Occasionally, you, you need to tap, tip your hat to the pitchers. Hurt. You usually would have a person... You know, maybe a manager could take the stress off of the players. Hey, guys, pressing too hard. And we always say here, process over results. They're looking for the results before they do the process. Jose Abreu staying with the same process because he knows the hard-hit balls eventually will fall in and his numbers will look the same. But all the rest of those guys, every single one of the rest of those guys except for Tim, needs to do what they got, what got them there. So continue doing the process. And yes, you're not seeing the results, but pressing is not going to get you anywhere. Gripping the bat tighter is not going to get you anywhere. You got to realize who you are. Look yourself in the mirror. Say, yes, I have struggled, but damn it, tomorrow I ain't struggling. Tomorrow I'm going out and getting four for four. You got to talk to yourself. You got to fake it until you make it. Something has to happen. And the manager is supposed to be the leader, supposed to get you in the right mindset, put you in the best position to win. He hasn't done it this year, and sometimes he's actively hurting your team, like putting Josh Harrison batting second or Louis Garcia batting second or third. So if he's not going to help, I need the general manager. Stop telling me this garbage. Stop telling me that they'll be fine eventually. Say they sucked. <laughs> Maybe they need to hear that. Maybe their general manager going off of them in the media or in person. Just talk to him in person and say, you guys have been sucking. This is my team I put together. You will well, not mess me up. I, my, my thing is on the line here. And say something. I got to hear from Rick Hahn instead of hearing from intermediaries about how badly Tony has done. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you say it and how badly this player's done. I want to hear you say it. I was some truth. I, was, I told you today, I was talking to Mark Grody, and we're talking about uh, the White Sox and how they're kind of like at, at the airport right now, and you know they're in line at the tarmac, right? They're in line at O'Hare to, to leave, to take off, right? And they're like seventh in line. And over the intercom, uh, ladies, here's your captain. It's uh, Rick Hahn speaking. Uh, hope you're going to enjoy the ride today. Uh, we're going to just keep after this. We're going to keep pressing. We're going to put our nose down to the grindstone and really just try to work this one out. We have guys that have proven over the past three years that they can produce at a major league level, and that's what we expect uh, over the next coming days. This is a team that sticks together, and we can really enjoy the ride. So stick with us here in the 2022 White Sox, and we will have a safe flight in four months. This team sucks. Uh, Marcus Stroman pitches tomorrow. He's a right-hand pitcher. Sox lose six to nothing. 
I mean, I can't argue. I mean, well, actually, I can't. Dylan Seats is going to shove, so Sox are going to lose one to nothing. <laughs> That'll do it for the White Sox post game show. CHGO White Sox post game show. That's Herb Lawrence. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. We had Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer, join us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of CHGO White Sox pre and post game show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Want to give a shout out to the winners, Luke Stuckmeyer and Cody Delmendo, who got Studio W tonight as the Cubs win five to one. Sox fall to 22 and 23 on the year. I uh, want to give a shout out too, to Stephen Nicholas for producing us. Joey Spathis. Spathis? Spathis. Uh, for helping us out on the CHGO pregame show as well. Thanks, we will Wayne. talk to you tomorrow, 1230, for yeah. the Crosstown Showdown pregame with Luke Stockmeyer, Cody Domendo, Sean Anderson, and Herb Lawrence. And we'll join you for the postgame as well on Sunday. For Herb Lawrence, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Sox exist.